go. Despite what you do, who you are, just stay true when you grind and go hard. I'm a real go-getter, put Columbia on the map. If you think I'm playing, yeah, you think I'm playing. Cause I'ma go hard and I'ma do it for my street. What's going on, everybody? This is the Tribe 44 Podcast, presented to you by United Citizens Bank of Southern Kentucky. It's a bank to come home to because it's locally owned and operated. UCB provides the best in customer-first care in Adair County. United Citizens Bank, we do it all right here. For the show's intents and purposes, I am your host, Will Rich, and I am joined yet again tonight by our fearless leader, Clay Turner. Clay, how are you? I'm doing good, Will. How are you? I am doing really well, Clay. I'm actually doing fantastically because my Braves have been in the World Series. By the time this airs, the World Series will be, oh, well, either over or ending pretty soon, but my Braves were in it. By the time this airs, I will have been to a World Series game, Clay. Yeah, that's being able to go to a World Series game, something that, you know, not many people can say they've ever done. And the fact you've always been a big Braves fan is a really cool thing. Yeah, I'm on cloud nine. I've been on cloud nine for probably the last two or three weeks. I have yeah, you, set aside my whole life, I've set aside a little bit of money just in case it was to ever happen. And then I kind of coaxed some loved ones into, you know, not getting me anything for Christmas and just paying towards my World Series trip. And we're getting to stay with my Uncle Kevin down in Atlanta. So I was dead set on getting these tickets. And Clay, I had them in my cart and I was going to buy them. And I got an error message that something was wrong with my Ticketmaster. So I kept on clicking and I kept getting the same error message and I got on the phone with customer support. And by the time we could get the problem solved, Ticketmaster had kicked me off. And then when I went to check back in the queue, I was like number over 2000 in line after I had been in there to get the tickets. So to say I was frustrated was a, uh, would be an understatement, but uh, I am getting to, you know, by the time this comes out on Monday, I will have been to, a World Series game. I don't know if it'll still be going on by then, but, you know, at this point, I'm excited. You know, it is. It's, it's just really awesome, and I'm glad for you because, you know, like I said, you've been a Braves fan your whole life, and this is something I'm sure you'll never forget. The Braves' success in a Columbia becomes my success. I get text messages, phone calls. You know, I see people at work. I'll see people out in the community, and they'll tell me congratulations like I did something, and I think that's really funny. That is pretty cool. It's 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 actually kind of sad that I have thought that much of with a when team. people think Braves, they think of you. Yeah, which that's kind of awesome. I should probably have a billboard or something in Atlanta because I am the Columbia, Kentucky representative. You are. You're the that kind. Uh, there of are Braves. more of us. There are more of us. There's there's several Braves fans in the community thanks to the Superstation. That's another story for another time. Just proud of my Braves. Well, let's dive right into this first segment. It's brought to you by Downey Eye Clinic. Downey's has been the leader of optometry services in Adair County since 1981, and they're committed to providing the best personalized eye care possible for the people of Columbia. Well, after a lot of baseball talk, Clay, it's time for some football talk, so why don't you introduce us with the guest this week? Tonight we'll be joined by former head coach Travis Gay. Coach Gay was coached for five years, and he had a record of 33-23. and 23. He has the highest winning percentage in Adair County history. He also has the only two playoff wins as coach. Coach Gay, we're glad to have you. How are you tonight, man? Hey, man, I'm great. Thanks for uh, calling me. Let me do this. It was a pleasant surprise. Coach Gay, of course, you're now at LaRue County as principal. But let's go back from where it you know, all started with Adair County. What made you interested in the job? Well, you know, I, uh, I got into education, teaching and coaching. I had a couple stops at Anderson and then um, – I was at Taylor County when the Adair County job came open, and uh, I knew Coach Graves, who had been at Adair, and uh, had known Alan Short that he coached there, and we thought it was a great place and a, and a great opportunity, and it was a, a dream of mine to be a head coach at that time, and uh, I was blessed to, to get the opportunity to be the head coach of the Indians. Coach Gay, one thing about your coaching, I feel like when you look at it through all the years you coached, you kind of changed your offense according to the personnel you had. So, like, for, for instance, some coaches, no matter really who they have, they are a wishbone. They are a eye formation. They are a throw it ground, where I feel like with you, basically, whatever the personnel is, which offense fits the personnel best? So, if I had to ask you, what is your favorite offense you would like to run, or does it really, like I said, just depend on the personnel? Well, you know, I – 
it's interesting coaching high school football you know you don't you don't get to recruit like the college guys but you also have to coach what you know so coming in year one you know uh, most of my offensive philosophy came from my years coaching with with coach peach and um you know he was a great mentor he's, he's gonna be in the hall of fame one day and you know he was an eye pro eye uh wishbone guy a little bit of pro style concepts some air raid stuff but you know, I played in a veer scheme in high school. We were we were an I formation team, but really through my playing and early coaching career, you know, outside of veer option at Campbellsville, we ran a lot of ISO power and counter. And you got to coach what you know to be good, and you've also got to have it meet your personnel. So even through those years of dare from year one. Well, we ran a lot of wishbone and eye, even in when we switched to the more wing T principles, we were still running a lot of the same concepts. You know, we ran power in year one. We ran power in year five. We ran GT or, or counter in year one. We ran it in year five. It was really just trying to figure out how to move those pieces to best fit, you know, their skill set while still coaching what we knew. You know, in year five, the biggest addition was you know, we had some kids that could run, uh, you know, Grant, Lasley, those guys, and Chemez. So being able to spread out and do that motion and get a little more sideline to sideline using using rocket toss as, as the primary run and then all the complementary runs off of it just fit their skill set. We had an undersized offensive line. But really, at the end of the day, in all five years, you know, we ran ISO, toss, power, and, and counter. It was the base of the offense. It was just formation wrinkles and motion wrinkles. And uh, we had a great coaching staff at that time. And then trying to figure out how to get those kids that could make plays, how to get them the ball. You know, early years, we had Kanasia and, and Derek and uh, Tyler McGahey, who was feisty and as good of a competitor as I ever taught or coached. And you know, we, we tried to get it in their hands. And then in year five, you know, given chance, the opportunity to throw the ball to Chemez and, uh, and Cameron and then getting getting Jordan out on the edge, that was the way to do it. But really all the blocking principles and everything stayed the same. So that's not really a, a great answer. You know, what, what offense is my favorite? The one that scores points. <laughs> but, but um, you know, I, I, we always coached what we felt comfortable coaching, you know, and it was angle blocking. You talk to Mike Leach, you know, people talk about balance, a balanced attack. Mike Leach will tell you that the most balanced offense in football is the wishbone because anybody could get it on any play. Um, but then other people talk about 50-50 run-pass balance. So our our goal was to just make it where our kids uh, could get out there and play. And I think we did a really nice job, and we were really blessed with a lot of great kids in those, in those years. Coach, you said you don't really get to recruit, but uh... – Clay Turner was telling us before we got on the interview tonight that uh, you gave him a pitch. He decided not to play his senior year, and you gave him a pitch to play, and he said it was really hard to turn down. And that kind of leads me to my main question. You know, we talked to Coach Peck earlier uh, in the podcast a few episodes ago, and you all have really different styles of coaching. But one thing, one principle was the same that he, that he mentioned – one of his points of emphasis was to get the athletes on the field. There was a bit of time there between you two coaches specifically that the athletes weren't playing football. Uh, and then when you started, it seemed like the athletes started playing football again. Was that anything that you did or did you just run into a bunch of luck? Well, it, you know, a lot of it's luck. Um, <laughs> it really is. But you, you got to recruit the hallways, you know, and you got to talk to kids and, Clay will tell you, I can tell you what I told Clay. I told Clay that I've had a lot of people that have played football and quit and come back to me later in life and said they wish they never would have quit. But I never had one come back to me that played and said they wish they wouldn't have done it. And um, my recruiting pitch was always you get one shot at this thing. You know, nothing's guaranteed. This is the only time in your life you know, if you're going to be 80 years old, you got you got a very limited span where you can play football. You only got four years to play high school football. So if you think you want to give it a shot, now's the time to give it a shot. So that was kind of that was kind of my in the hall recruiting pitch. Um, 
there is some luck to that. You know, the groups that we had were kind of that first group to come through whose dads had played and had a little bit of success. You know, the, the Grant family that I know you talked to and th- that it had some success. Well, when you get some generational success, that's what makes the Corbins and the Mayfields and all those guys so good. You know, their, their parents played and enjoyed their experience and now they want their kids to play. So, you know, we, we had a decent pitch. We worked hard at talking to kids. I think we were present in the high school. We were present in the little league. And then, you know, you got to make it fun. Uh, I think we did a good job of making football exciting, fun, interesting. You know, all the uniform stuff we did. We had great booster support, great community support. And, it, you know, the, uh, the appeal was there to come out and try it. So I think it's a combination of things. A little bit of luck, a lot of hard work, and a lot of good support. And then, like I said, it all comes down to the kids, you know, getting those kids out and just having them give it a shot and keeping them out. Again, kind of of a lot of factors in in getting those kids out and keeping them out. Um, We had great middle school support. You know, Coach Peck was coaching the middle school for those teams that I had. So when you got a guy like Coach Peck running your middle school program, you know, that's going to help feed the high school. So we were very fortunate there to have him doing that. That's another very impressive thing that I noticed from your tenure was that kids, not only could you get them to come out, but you got them to stay. Yeah, yeah, we did. We did a nice job. Um, you know, the, the another old coaching cliche is, uh, you know, wins make everything better. So we were fortunate in that first year coming off of one and nine the year before I got there to, to get a couple wins, you know, and then kids start to see that the potential for success is there, you know, and we, we made a conscious effort to have some fun. I remember in those early, you know, we were handing out popsicles at practice or uh, we did a watermelon relay where everybody got watermelon. We made it important to go to camp. Uh, we went to camp every year I was there, which was a nice, I felt like that was a, a really nice thing, a really big accomplishment that we could go away. You know, we always went away to a team camp. You come back from that team camp after, you know, four days together of knocking heads and that brothership and that com- that camaraderie starts to build. And, you know, it moves a little bit more to that family atmosphere. So I think that helped build and, uh, and retain kids. Coach Gates, you said, you know, first year you won four games, second year six. One thing that impresses me, you know, like you said, the year before, there was one win. The year before that, there was three or four. A lot of years there, County, to be honest with you, there's a lot of two or three win years. You net your worst years, you had four wins. Mm-hmm. What was one thing that you felt like your teams did well to make sure that you wasn't the bottom tier? Even your teams that may have not been as good, you still got the four or five wins. We were fortunate. We, we, had, a, we had some staff changes. But even with those staff changes, you know, we had Curtis Cotton on one year that, that brought a lot of experience. Uh, having Meacham, you know, Coach Bryant is a staple there. there. There's just so many factors into doing that. You know, probably would have won more. I was looking back before we talked. Now, we played some good teams in those early years. That was when Hart County was clicking. You know, they pulled off a 10-win year. Edmondson was good. South Warren joined the district and then E-Town later. You know, it, it – it was just uh, it was a, a combination of a lot of things that led to that. Like you, like we talked about in kind of catering the offense, I think we did a really nice job every year of playing to our kids' strengths. You know, the, really all you can do as a coach is try to prep and put your kids in a position to be successful. You know, I don't feel like we ever tried to do too much. Um, we probably pared it down even more as we got more experience as a staff. You know, we, we kind of came with the philosophy that less is more. You know, we tried to keep it simple, uh, tried to keep it fun and, and put the, you know, put the, pe- the kids in the best position to be successful. That year three, you know, we took that little bit of a step back. I can remember it like it was yesterday. It, it, you know, you talk about good luck in, uh, in recruiting, but we had a little bit of bad luck. You know, the yeah. injury bug yeah, hit us bad. You had a lot bad. of injuries that year, did you? Yeah, I mean, we went into that Muhlenberg County game and we were down to – and Brandon Burton, you know, is a Derrick County Hall of Fame. He, he was a great young man, did a great job. But I think he was our four-string quarterback at that point. And high schools don't carry four-string quarterbacks, <laughs> you know. So we, we got bit by a little bit of the injury bug and some bad luck in year four. And those kids still, we, we kept fighting and uh, kept being competitive. Coach, going into that, you know, that fourth year you had the when your guys really took a step up, you guys had nine wins. Going into that year, 
you always feel like you can have a good year, but did you feel like you could have as good of a year as y'all did have? I mean, you go into every year with high expectations. Uh, I do feel like we spent a lot of time. Our, our off-season program got better. You know, we, we did a better job in the weight room. And at the end of the day, you know, we, we had we had some kids that could play. You know, and a lot of that was not coaching. I mean, you know, you talk about the kids on that roster, Chance, Jordan, Cam, all those guys, Josh Brown, Lutt, Isaac Carter. I mean, all, the list goes on. But we, it, it, it's a lot easier to coach when you got, you know, that many kids that can do some things. And I think we knew that we had that crop coming. We really – we really tried to – that's when we changed. You know, that's when we changed the offense. And uh, we'd actually changed the defense the year before. We had been a, a 50, kind of a 3-4 slant angle attack. And then when Coach Cotton came, we implemented a little bit more of a 4-2-5. And those pieces that we had defensively really fit that scheme. And then we found that offensive scheme to fit. You know, we had a great kicker then. We had guys that could return the ball. So, yeah, I mean, hopes were high. We were really optimistic. Coach Gay, you talk about changing the offense. We heard a story today, you know, before this interview about, and see if you remember this, or we may even got our information wrong, but that the coaches, I think before that year, actually got together and talked about what type of offense to run with the athletes that you guys had. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. We knew we knew we could open it up a little bit more and, and spread the ball, spread the ball around a little bit more. So every year – but we did a really nice job as a staff of, of game planning and scouting. Every year we did kind of the, the Nike coaches clinics and uh, the, the, uh, the Glazier clinics. And we had a sit down with a guy. We found that offense. A guy in uh, Colorado actually ran that. And we had found that through kind of our research. And we scheduled a sit down with uh, Blair Hubbard was the guy that actually originated that offense. It was kind of the faster than the fly. And we'd seen it in the clinic circuit. And then we scheduled a sit down, just a one-on-one with him in the hotel lobby in Nashville and uh, exchanged emails and got some ideas. And we're sitting there putting our pieces. And we knew that we had an undersized but athletic offensive line, you know, uh, with, with Doss and Hicks in at guard and Carter being able to do what he could do. But and um, just the more we researched and dug and looked at the individual kids, it was it looked like a really nice fit for us, you know, with with Lonnie and Jordan and uh, and, and what Chance could do. So it, it did. It was a, it was a total overhaul. But like I said, schematically, the base run principles were, were what we were doing. So we didn't have to start from scratch, but it was a nice evolution, you know, a nice fit to what we were doing based on the kids that we had. And, you know, with that offense, too, one thing that you normally do not see on that, I don't know what you call it, the little sweep when you go in motion, you know, it's almost like a two-handed pass, you know, it's like a basketball pass on that mm-hmm. sweep. And Chance, of course, played mm-hmm. basketball. And I've watched I watched most of those games, and there's probably less than one or two times where that pass wasn't almost perfect. And that pass is so mm-hmm. important on that. That's right. And there's a couple different ways you can do that. Some people do that and actually reverse out. Uh, you know, the quarterback will pivot and kind of toss it from his hip, kind of spiral it at it. But we did know Chance's feel for basketball. And, uh, you know, it's just it was kind of less moving parts to do that chest pass. So it was exactly a chest pass for anybody that's ever coached basketball. I mean, it was yeah, it, thumbs down, extend the arms, just like you would throw a chest pass in basketball. And, uh, again, kind of simplification and, and knowing playing to your kids' strengths and Chance threw a chest pass a hundred thousand times, you know, in basketball. So it was a, it was a nice fit. Coach, you talk about changing the offense. It's one thing for the coaches to get it and understand it. Was it a lot to get the kids to get it and understand it, and then the buy-in on that? I'm sure when it was when it showed that it was going to be a little bit more fun, it was opened up. The buy-in wasn't difficult, but was it was it hard to to teach those kids? Because some kids had to change positions in order to get that to work. If I if I remember correctly. Yeah, no, um, we never had any any resistance. I think the kids were excited about it. You know, it, it was fun to do the motion, the counters. There was a lot of smoke and mirrors, the formation stuff. Probably the biggest change was not the X's and O's as much as going to that no huddle style. So, you know, the no huddle communication was was an interesting change. That probably took more time than anything because when we were uh, when we were calling that in from the sideline. 
each individual skill position had a specific tag word that told them where to line up where before that in the huddle, you know, there was one word that everybody knew what that word meant. So there was a lot of learning switching from the huddle, the huddle style to the no huddle and then adding those tempo changes and the other stuff that we did that, that took a lot of work. That, that took a lot more work than actually installing the plays because the guys that have been playing uh, offensive line, you know, Coach Peck ran, he called it blast. We called it ISO, but the, the scheme was all the same. So even though we called it a little bit different from our middle school, those guys, the base run game and everything was the same. Our pass protection stayed the same from the years before. So it wasn't totally new, but the no huddle communication and the way we were trying to pick up the pace and the motions was, was the most time consuming part of that transition. Coach, when you look at your teams, you had the five years. If there was one player that stuck out to you as, or stood out to you as someone who should be a coach, who would that be? Oh, man, we had a lot of good ones. And it makes me really happy to see uh, Lutz coaching now. And uh, Lutt knew, you know, Lutt was a coach on the field for us defensively. Isaac Carter. Uh, Isaac, Isaac was that coach on the field. Man, we had a lot of great leadership uh, going back. Brandon Burton, uh, he was – you know, the Swiss Army knife, he, he could he could uh he could definitely coach if he wanted to and he had that leadership quality. Everybody uh, gravitated to him. Spencer Claypool. I was like talking about Spencer, uh, I think. He's actually coaching esports at a college. I can't Yeah, remember. he's at uh is is it, he's at University of the Cumberlands, I think. Or yeah, Cumberland he's, U. He's the esports coach. Yeah, he's and he's running that program. And uh from what I see on social media, he's he's doing a great job. So Spence was one of those guys. Carter was one of those guys. That's another thing we haven't really talked about in success, you know, in those years is we had, we had great leadership, man. We had, we had kids that, that could step out there and, and do a lot of things and just just lead. I feel like I'm getting coachy cliche here, but, you know, player-led teams are always more successful than coach-led teams. Well, talking about Brandon uh, a little bit, going back to him, I don't know how you got any coaching in. I don't know how he you got him to be quiet <laughs> long enough to do anything. Yeah, he he get on him, man. He was good. I tell you what, another one, Shea Martin. We we talked a lot about offense, and Shea's still still on the field, at Lindsay. But when uh, that defense the last two years, uh, we didn't call much as a coaching staff. Josh Brown called the defensive front. And Shea Martin put the back end in the right position. Uh, we were pretty much a, a check defense where we aligned based on what the offense was giving us. And we relied on those kids to get us in the right spot. So the game plan meeting, the install and practice through the week, we would tell them, you know, if we're getting a two-by-two two set, this is the defense we need to be in. And we relied on them to do it. it. It wasn't us calling it. The only thing we would call would be a blitz or an adjustment or a a situational type thing, but Josh and Shay and even Austin Roy, you know, Austin Roy was a leader for us back there for a long time. And we relied on Austin to get us in the right position. So, you know, we had a lot of great leaders, a lot of great young men that uh, if they, if they had an interest in, in coaching or a leadership role, I would, I'd hire them in a second. Coach Gay, of your five years, who do you think is the funniest player that you've had? The funniest player? Man, that's a good question. Um, we had a lot of jokes. You know, at camp, at camp every year, we, we gave them an opportunity to kind of roast the coaches, and that was that was kind of a little secret. And it would be joke after joke on, on every coach, and, uh, and they did a good job of, uh, of making fun of us. We told them, this is your one shot. Get it out of your system. If you got anything that you want to make fun of us about, now is when you do it. You know, it, it was uh, – Derek, Derek Grant was, was pretty funny. Uh, Canasia was funny in those early years. You know, they they clowned a little bit. You almost had to reel them back in from time to time. That was a dynamic deal. I was going to say, yeah, those two <laughs> together, you you actually didn't want them together at all times, probably. So. <laughs> uh, it, it's funny. It's a funny story about those two and just comedy. It was early in my first year, and we were uh, we were practicing on the game field, you know, headed to the locker room, and I'd been out there. You know, I always got there about an hour before practice. It was summer, before school started in year one. And I'm looking down Indian Drive, and here come two individuals on horseback. <laughs> and they just keep getting closer and closer to the field. I'm like, what is going on? And Derek 
in Canasia arrive at practice on horseback. And I don't know what to say to him. You know, whatever. I'm I'm first year head coach, and I talk to him <laughs> about just the horses in general. And I go to setting up the field or doing whatever. And I look around about ten minutes later, and those jokers have ridden the horses into the field house. <laughs> they actually have the horses through the doorway in the locker room. And I never would have thought in my expectations and rules and regulations that I would have to specify no horses in the field house. <laughs> Welcome to an Air County, right? <laughs> That's right. And they, I, I told them to get the horses out of there. They went and tied them up behind the bleachers. We practiced, and then they, they literally rode off into the sunset. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, what, what was your favorite win of your five-year career at Kinder County? Um, well, the first one's memorable. Uh, there's no such thing as a bad win. But I remember I – got, I got a couple. You know, I remember the first one. We were at Caverna. And it was my first win as a head coach. We were 0-1. It was week two, and we got the win. And, yeah, you talk about coaching. And uh, Coach McCullough, I remember the conversation, was down on the sideline, our special teams coordinator. And we had had the lead, and we needed, to, we needed to finish it out. And we ran 30 dives, the most basic youth league football play, give it to the fullback, wedge block it. And um, we ran it probably seven times on the last drive and he looked at me like are we going to do something different and I said no we're going to give Canasia the ball <laughs> until this thing is over and uh our offensive line did a great job and and we were able to, to finish that one out uh the Fort Campbell playoff win is, is big you know that was the the first playoff win in school history so that was that was memorable of course Brandon kicking that extra point uh he had the yeah. Yeah, he had the punt return for the touchdown. Remember that one. And then the, uh, the Union County win the next year was probably the best, you know, just most complete football game we played in my tenure. At um, Lindsay, right? It was at Lindsay on the turf. And it, it, we just played a, a really great football game. You know, every kid did everything that we had asked him to do, the, the coach's work and the scouting and the preparation was, was almost flawless. That was, that was a, really good, a really good one. So those are good. Um, you know, the win at Monroe County, when we finally beat Monroe, uh, what was that? Was that? Uh, four, 14, right? Chance in them sophomore 14. year. Yeah, that win at Monroe County was huge. And I remember that one for the program. You know, Monroe was a traditional power. And we went into Tompkinsville. And got that win, and I don't think we were supposed to win. And beat and, them pretty uh, good, I think. Yeah, beat them good. Um, like 42, that 14 that, or something. Yeah, that, that was kind of a turning point. You know, like, we, we can play. You know, we, we can step on the field, and nothing against some of those other teams that we had beat. But, you know, Clinton County's not a football power. But, uh, you know, we had beat Clinton. We had started to beat the Brecks. That was a big one. Uh, it, you know, even going back in year two, we beat Bethlehem at Bethlehem. And that's a nice, and that was a really nice win. They were like top five and one A at the point, and scheduled us for homecoming and, and went in there and, and beat them. And that, that was a good one. Build a program and do those things. Everyone's important, but those are, those are some of the ones that jump out. Coach Gay, the last question I'll ask you tonight, a little bit not as serious. You know, talk about the players, your five teams. If you had a Royal Rumble where every player that you ever coached at Dare County was in, who is the last person that's going to be still standing and still in the ring? Mm. What are we doing here? Are we doing uh, no holds barred, like chairs and everything are allowable? Sure, that, yeah, uh... yeah. Do <laughs> we, got, we got a few that would step outside the lines when necessary. Who's left standing? You know, no holds barred between all those kids. I'm going to give you a couple, a couple names. I think Kinesia was left there. He, he was just nasty enough. And uh, here's another one for you, and he's a preacher now. Jacob Hatcher. Jacob was pretty tough. He was, and uh, he would have loved it. J Jacob Hatcher would have fought you tooth and nail. Tyler McGahey would still be in there throwing punches. Now there's a lot of kids there trying to run through them. I don't think you can leave Josh out. Josh Brown, Josh Brown would have been in there. What if I give you a final four? Tyler, Jacob, Kanasia, and Josh Brown. 
Tyler may not have been the biggest person in the world, but when it comes to pure toughness, he he's about as tough as anybody I'd, I'd ever played with or met or anything. Mm-hmm. I think good. in that and setting, I, you'd have to kill Tyler before he'd quit. Probably you'd have so. To kill you know, Shea Martin might be in there too. Shea might shank you. Shea was a little <laughs> sneaky back there on the back end. He he might he he'd be the one with the chair under the ring. He got I tell you, a kid a kid we haven't talked about was Jake Hicks. You know, Jake, yeah, Jake, Jake was super tough. Jake Jake was one of those cats that at the beginning I don't know that he was really sure if he was a football player. You know, he came out one year and went to some seven on sevens and thought it wasn't for him and then came back out. But he, uh, he was a competitor now. Jake, Jake did a good job, man. We, you know, it's funny. I just haven't thought about a lot of that in a while, but man, there were so many good kids in that, in that five year span. Nick Hadley, Nick, Nick Hadley, big Nick Hadley. I mean, he, he big worked old, his butt off. He was big old boy. It's just a shame. Cause he, you know, had so many concussions and stuff. Yeah, but man, he gave he gave you everything. Smitty, Josh Smith gave you everything. I mean, you know the support from the superintendents, uh, Troy Young. You know Brent is the AD. Always was there for us. Our, our booster support, Barry Hickson and Miss Piles, all that group. We just uh, we had a special thing there, man. And it, it was a uh, it was a lot of fun. Really, really proud to be a part of it. A lot, a lot of great years there. Well, Coach, the last thing I'll say before we let you go, you know, you had a famous phrase during your time as the assistant principal at Adair County that you were forever tied to that school and forever tied to that county. You might get tired of hearing that, but it's uh, it's been an effective phrase over the years for a lot of kids, a lot of people. And so now that you're you're in life after football and life after Adair County, but you're always, you know, you're forever tied to us. So moving forward, as you do pursue, you know, what's left of your career in education, what is something that you move forward and take with you from your years in Adair County? Yeah, I think about Adair County every day. You know, I've been blessed in my in my life to be around a lot of great a lot of great leadership and and, and coaches. You know, I was fortunate to play for Ron Wigloob at Floyd Central, who was a great man. He'll be in the Hall of Fame. Ron Finley at uh, at Campbellsville University, working for Mark. Um, but I tell you, Adair, you know, Troy Young was a great man. Left a legacy. You know, left left an impact on me and what he did and how he interacted with people. You know, it, there's a lot of great people. It, you know, I still talk to Robbie a lot. It uh, it was great years. You know, it it, uh, it it definitely shaped me as a coach and and as a man and as an educator. Just getting to interact with with all those great people. I mean, working with you, Will, you were good. We had a great staff at Adair County High School while I was there. You know, John Shelley, all just the the whole crew, uh, the, that guidance office up there. It was a uh, it was great times, and it, it really uh, I had coached and taught uh, four and a half years at Anderson, a year at Taylor, so five and a half. I'd only been in in education uh, five and a half years when I was able to get that job. So relatively young. I'll be honest, I didn't know what I was doing as a first year head coach. You know, I, I think I told everybody then I'll be a lot better in year two and three than I am in year one. And I kind of take that now. You know, I tell everybody here is is the you know, I, I, my 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 catchphrase here is and I'm in my third first year at LaRue County because of COVID and all this mess. But, you know, I'll be a lot yet better in year five than I am in year one or two. And I, it was uh, it was just the people, you know, getting to work with those kids, the people in the community, the community support. It it really shaped me for who I am, and uh, I really mean that. Forever tied, you know. I take a lot of those experiences when I'm going through my daily walk now as as a principal of a building, and how we handled things, and how we did things, and what I learned from people and experiences there. So, Bear uh, County will always be fond. It's a piece of my it's a piece of my heart. You know, I I, I took uh, I don't know if y'all know this, but. I brought my firstborn, Lily, uh, the day after we brought her home from the hospital is when I interviewed for that, for that head coaching job. Uh, I, left my, wow. I left my wife and, and firstborn child the day after we brought her home. So How'd your wife feel about that? Uh, you know, I, I got to brag. I haven't bragged on her in this. You know, I, she, was, uh, she was and still is the, the best coach's wife I've ever seen. You know, she was supportive of, of my dreams and our family plan. And, uh, she supported it, and uh, you know we had our our firstborn there, and 
and then my second Presley. So we started our family there. I still talk to Jamie. I'd say monthly, you know, Jamie and I still catch up. I'll call him after big wins and kind of hear his game plan and, uh, still talk to, to Ann and, and, uh, and all those guys and in the front office. So keep in touch with Chad as he embarks on his journey as a, as a first year principal there. And it's, uh, it's definitely a special place, man. A lot of good stuff, a lot of good memories and it's something I'll always cherish. Awesome, Coach. We appreciate you being on. Now, between you and Coach Peck, we've had a lot of football wins on this show over the course of the last few weeks. So we really do appreciate you being on, taking time out of your busy schedule. Being a principal is no easy job, and no, and it's definitely time-consuming. So we definitely appreciate the time that you've given us tonight. Hey, man, I, I really appreciate you all uh, thinking of me and doing this. And uh, I hear it's going well. The podcast is great. I heard about the Grant Legacy. Uh, y'all are doing good things, man. Build that tradition. You know, my first year, the motto was a new tradition. That was what we went with. And I, I think we did our, our small part in trying to establish that. And I'm glad you all are carrying that on. We appreciate it, Coach. Thank you so much for being on. All right, guys. Have a good night. Thank you, Coach Gay. You too. See yeah. you later. Clay, I thought Coach Gay did a really good job. He seems to still be really fond of Adair County. Even though he's gone on and he is now principal in LaRue County, he seems to have a soft spot in his heart for Adair. And he will always, uh, he is forever tied to Adair County because he will always play an important role in the history of our football program, at least. Yeah, those years that he was here, you know, he took us from a time the year before we had one win. And then at the end, you know, maybe the best year, you know, one of the best years in school history. So we owe a lot of gratitude to Coach Yay and just, you know, glad he decided to be here for the five years he was yeah yeah that was a good that was a good gift that was a period of time when Adair County and trust me when I say this I'm not downgrading anything that we did before or anything we've done since but it seemed like there during that time period we hit a long stretch of really good luck and it's still going obviously because I I mean we're supportive of the people that are here now but we hit a really long stretch of hiring really good coaches yeah he and coach gay and coach mantooth uh were like within a two-year period there right am i am i yeah i'm pretty close there right you are yeah that you know that definitely worked out well for us yeah absolutely so we ended up with a you know a team that had a really great shot at going to state and basketball we had the football team that was so successful during that time period and we had back-to-back uh, district titles for Dare County for the first time in school history in baseball. I, I'm right there too, right? Yes, yes, you yeah. Are. So it was a really successful time, and not all the same kids. And so it was Coach Gay kind of spearheaded the. Uh, I think he was the first of those three hires, but there was a uh, that was a really good period in Dare County sports. Well, Clay, let's move on to our next segment. This next segment is brought to you by Jeffries Hardware. Jeffries is known to have what you need for your next project. They've got Milwaukee Power Tools, Porter Paint, got a new rental center. So go see the folks at Jeffries Hardware, the friendly hardware store. Clay, we're lucky enough tonight to have another couple current Indians with us tonight. We've got Brady Cundiff and Briley Taylor with us tonight. Guys, how are you? Good, how are you? We're doing, I'm I'm doing well. I said we're doing well, like I can speak for Clay. I can't really speak for Clay. I'm, Clay, how are you? I am doing well, just as every, like everyone else is. Yeah, All right. Well. well, Clay Clay runs these interviews, and I just pipe up when I feel like I need to. So, Clay, you take it away. Brady, you, you of course, did the, the fifth-year option. What went into that process, or was it something that when you knew you had the opportunity, you wanted to do right off, or did it take a little bit of time for you to think about it? Uh, it took a little bit for me. Uh, I was kind of – trying to decide what I wanted to do. I mean, it was either that or I probably would have went to UK, but I could have got a, or I could come back and play football and basketball and then still, I could still try to go to UK if I wanted to. So I was like, might as well come back and kind of redeem our senior season in both sports. Cause I don't feel like we performed how we wanted to in basketball or football. Briley, to talk about you, you actually started playing football at a later age. Is that right, Briley? Yeah, I started playing my eighth grade year. That's when that was my first year ever playing football. What is it that made you start playing football? Well, I mean, if I'm being honest here, they just made an announcement over the intercom at the middle school, and they said anybody who's interested in uh, playing football come down to the gym. And I was just trying to get out of the test. And <laughs> hey, hey, it worked. 
Yeah, it worked. But uh, I went down there, and uh, at the time, Clay Stevens, he was coaching. He sat there and just talked to all his middle school boys and started talking about uh, – he was talking about how the high school they're going to be doing off-season weightlifting. And, you know, he asked a bunch of people to come out and try out and stuff like that. So I just decided, you know, I don't – I'm not – I hadn't been playing any sports, and I just decided, you know, might as well give it a try and stuck with it ever since. Guys, how how special is it? Of course, you're still going, but how special is it to have this senior year that both you guys are having so far in football from, you know, we haven't had a winning season in a while, but for this year to be the way it is, how special is it for you guys to go out like this? I think it's it's a it's a good feeling, but I think as a team, we don't think we're finished yet. I think we think we can make a run in the playoffs and keep going. Yeah, you know, we're one of the few teams in Adair County history to have a winning season. But, I mean, you know, we're just, you know, we're not satisfied with that. You know, we've had goals in place. You know, Coach Isaac, when he first came here, you know, he had some goals that he wanted to accomplish for this team, for this program. You know, we're still trying to meet those goals, you know. This is more of a Brady question. Brady, you know, you're kind of – you're related to a lot of Egypt, right? Yeah. Okay, so here's my question for you. Who is your favorite relative that lives in Egypt? And you can't say your any of your parents. I don't know. I feel like I feel like if I answer that I'm gonna get back. <laughs> hey, I will say this. I'm not gonna ask you your least favorite, so like you don't have to worry about that. Uh it's probably I mean my grandma and grandpa live out there, so probably them. Well, I know who his least favorite is. <laughs> oh yeah. We won't say it on the show, but we know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> What are y'all's two's plans for when y'all graduate? Brady, you talked about possibly going to UK. Bradley, what are some of your plans? Me, I'm planning on either going to either a community college and trying to get like a two-year associate's degree or just going on to a, a trade trade school trying to get into welding. I will say this, Clay. Bradley's dad is, if he's not the best teacher at Adair County High School, he's top three or four. Just the success he's had with that welding program and Briley being a part of that now. I just want to shout out Barney Taylor for just a second before we move on with the football talk. But, Briley, I do want to piggyback off some things we've already talked about. But starting later in football, you are one of the guys that the coaches really brag on because you've stuck with it. You have persevered through some times where you might not be getting the snaps and the playing time that you would have wanted. And now, before the injury, was being a very – very important part of this Indians team and part of the success that we've been having. And now that the injury is, is long gone, you're still, you're still doing that. What does it take to persevere through some, through those tough times of not getting to play as much or not getting the snaps that you might want and know that one day you're going to really produce? You know, you just got to have trust in your coaches overall. You know, I don't, I don't care about if I'm getting the snaps. I care about if the team's winning. And if coach thinks that a better guy is going to be able to do a better job than me, then, you know, I don't care. As long as the team's winning, I'm happy either way, you know. And I have to thank, you know, my coaches for always sitting there telling me, you know, like, hey, just stick with it, stick with it. And my parents, you know, they always told me, you know, you know, I'd come home and tell them, like, hey, you know, like, you know, is there something, you know, I should be doing better? And they would just sit there and, man, they would just sit there and tell me, just keep trying, you know, get be- get better, you know, listen to your coaches, you know. And a lot of that is, there's only so much you can do on the football field that they can notice, but the little things, you know, being doing the right things in the school, in the building, outside of school, you know, in town, you know, you don't you don't hear bad stuff about that. But it's doing the little things right, and then you know later on, you know, the stuff on the field just comes naturally. Guys, uh, when you look at this team, we've asked each player on here this question: Who is the funniest player on the team? It's easily Byron. Yeah, Byron, it's got to be. That's you know, every single – We're. I mean, we're like – We're like – I think it's seven right for seven. Y'all have all said Byron, and there hasn't even been another thought. It's Nobody's even second. thought about anybody else. Yeah. Oh, okay. There is no other thought. Can, can you say <laughs> why, or is it something we probably can't say on here? You got to be there to see it. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's all I got to say. <laughs> that's a good way to say it. Uh, okay. About coaches, who's the funniest coach? Coach Hill. Yeah, I agree with that, Coach Hill. Coach Hill, man, he's just—I mean, he's just a—he's a goofy guy. I mean, you know, he'll take coaching serious and stuff, but man, you know, he knows how to tell a few good jokes. Okay, <laughs> y'all's team. Who's the toughest person on the team? Case Gallon. I like. I'll him. go with Case. Yeah. Okay, so Case, 
Who's the toughest coach? Coach Isaac. Yeah, Coach Isaac. Yeah. Coach oh, Isaac's right. got some crazy in him, don't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They always say don't mess with crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anybody put a worm in their mouth. Yeah. I, put a worm oh. in mouth. I like Coach Isaac a lot, but I don't trust anybody's going to put a worm in their mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about y'all two, if y'all root hog, who wins? Oh, me, hands down. Yeah, yeah, it'll be Bradley. It'll okay. be Bradley. <laughs> okay, 40-yard dash, who wins? Oh, that's Brady. <laughs> I like how they they know themselves. What is it, Ryan? They are. Says, Clay, be, be true to who you sell? Yeah, be true to who yourself, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, let's say there's a player on this team that ended up being the president of the United States. Who would it be? Hmm. Hmm. Don't say Byron. I was, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I you know, I don't know y'all's team that great, but just listen to someone talk, I would actually think Briley would be an option. Yeah, it, that's probably – I think it would have to be Briley. I don't know anybody else that could really fill that role. <laughs> <laughs> Briley, do you think you'd have a shot? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm a people pleaser. <laughs> Who is the best athlete you think on y'all's team? Pure athlete is Deshaun. Yeah, yeah, Deshaun. Who hits the hardest, like, football-wise? Probably Case. I'd say Case or Byron, yeah. Case or Byron, yeah, okay. Case, Case or Byron. Who is the last person you'd want to fight on the team? Coach Isaac. <laughs> he, he also got that grown man strength, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's something, you know, I'll tell you what, y'all are young. There really is something about that grown man strength, like, I don't know if y'all have ever, like, tried to fight y'all's dad or, like, wrestle with your dad or stuff. Let's not – don't fight your dad. You can wrestle with him. Don't, don't fight him. But I'm telling you, there really is something about that old man's strength. Yeah, there really Oh, is. I know all about it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like there's some experience on that voice. No, I've never really wrestled with him. But, I mean, you know, just working with him. And, I mean, you know, just – You don't have to try him, it to know it's there, right? Yeah. I, I'm not saying I was sizing him up, but, you know, I was looking at him. I looked at my forms and I looked at his and his. I mean, it looked like two or three of mine could fit. Were about the same size as his. <laughs> what is one thing that both of you guys enjoy away from football? What's something y'all like to do? I like spending time with my friends. That's what I like doing. Hanging out with my friends. Yeah, I probably just doing ignorant stuff with my friends. Do you guys play any video games? Oh yeah, Brady does. Brady, Brady's an addict. <laughs> Brady, what do you play? Right now, I'm playing 2K. Okay. Are you a uh, my player guy or are you a dynasty guy? I'm a my player. My player, I got you. What about TV shows? What's y'all's number one TV show? Mine is Blacklist. Blacklist, okay. I've not watched that yet, but uh, it's on my list. It's uh, not on my blacklist, but it's on my <laughs> list. <laughs> Riley, what about you? I, I like watching All American. Okay, All American. Yeah. That's a good one. Me and Clay like that show. Oh, we did. I think I've seen the first on... two seasons. Now, the. The actual football is – It's not the best, but – It's we, not no, the greatest. No, absolutely not. He, he, about, scores a, he, he scores a touchdown off a little bubble screen every single time. <laughs> you like how, uh, you know, these games, it always comes down to the very last play. Too. Oh, yeah, they're the best team in the oh, state, yeah. but they can't, they can't blow anybody out. Last question for you guys, and we'll let y'all go. I'm, we're, big, we're big food people. What's y'all's favorite restaurant? Oh, that's a good one because I don't – I have to think – I'm going to go with Bunnies and Somerset. you going what in Somerset? Bunnies. Sunnies. Okay, so you like okay. barbecue. Oh, yeah. You get what, you get the pulled pork, or what do you normally get? Uh, brisket sandwich with baked beans and mac and cheese and a oh, Dr. Pepper. Well, man, we got the whole order. I'm going to tell you what. The go baked beans and mac and cheese. Say, I want the Briley Taylor. Don't know what you're saying. <laughs> I'll say this. The baked, the baked beans and mac and cheese there are really, really good. Mm-hmm. They really are. Brady, what about you? I'll probably just go with, like, a steakhouse or something. I don't really know. Outback, Long Any of So, anything that yeah. has steak, you're in. Yeah. Okay, how do you, how do you get it done? Medium well. Okay, Medium good. Well. Uh, that's safe. That's safe. If, if you, I, hey, I like it. That's if you safe. said well done, we're going to have to drop you off the call right now. But, you know, you didn't say well done. <laughs> that's safe. I like it. Don't, don't let anybody shame you for your medium well. I like no. it. <laughs> Briley doesn't. I understand that. Briley, are you are like people, a, a medium like Seth, guy. Seth wants it to be mooing right before it's on his plate. Medium, medium rare. Medium rare. Okay. I, yes, I'll eat if it. it doesn't have a, if it doesn't have a little bit of blood on it, that means it's fake. <laughs> <laughs> they use cheat me. 
<laughs> well, guys, we appreciate you taking time out of your day to, to call in and talk to us. I did shout out Briley's dad, so I'm going to shout out Brady's mom as one of the first real uh, listeners of the podcast. I think she's one of our most supportive likers on Facebook, so we appreciate her, and I hope that once you graduate that she continues to listen. So shout out to Amy. We appreciate you all being on and talking to us for a few minutes. Oh, yeah, no problem. We'll talk to you all later. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Clay, we say it every week, but those guys really do represent the school and represent the community well. I'm really tickled with all of our football players, especially our our older guys, our seniors. I think they they have grown into really good young men, and uh, they're doing a good job both on the field and off. They are really proud of them, and, you know, all the player guests we've had has done a great job, and we really enjoy talking to them. Absolutely, and I think they're enjoying it a little bit. Uh, they might not, they might not be, but I think they're having a pretty good time over a better time than what they thought they would have doing these uh, little interviews with us. I know Coach Isaac is enjoying the uh, player interviews, so hopefully that's something we can keep going in the future. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The final segment is brought to you by No One Clay, and this is our favorite segment that we get to talk about because you like to bring up some really random businesses and let's promote them. And remember, if you hear a business that you use or that you are visiting, make sure to let them know that uh, we shouted them out on the show. Uh, And that just helps us and helps them at the same time. So if you got a business for me, Clay, go ahead. Let's uh, Let's go with Downey's Pawn Shop. Downey's Pawn Shop. That is the place to go, Clay. Are you ready for this? There's a, it's I'm ready. Be, it's a little Adair County secret. The place to go if you want to find my father-in-law, Gerald Hadley. If you can't find him, he's either working hay, working cows, or at Downey's Pawn Shop. He's out there all the time. He was out there a whole lot more than he is now after his, you know, now he's an administrator in the school, so he's got a little less free time than he's ever had before but Downey's pawn shop holds a special place in his heart so he is actually the ambassador for them in the community so if you have any questions about Downey pawn shop uh, you just go talk to Gerald Hadley and he knows he knows what what to tell you that's where Jacody Downey works Jacody yep, Downey Jacody works does. Right there. so uh go buy a gun from Jacody and Barry Morrison is out there as well and Barry's been out there for a long time and he'll take care of you for for whatever you need. They got everything out there. Of course, it's a pawn shop. They specialize. They've got a lot of guns and ammunition. So if that's your thing, head on out that way, because I'm sure they would love to uh, sell you something (laughs) as we all would. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Have you ever been to Downey's? I have not. They surprise some people. I'm not a big gun person, but I didn't know if you were a big pawn shop guy or not. I am not. Yeah. uh, I've gone with Gerald a few times. You can get kerosene there. I think. And you can also oh, I would, get like would. those giant tubs, like those giant buckets of laundry detergent. So you can get that there too, I think. Would I have never, wrong. would have never ever even thought of about getting that there. So that is something yeah, so good to know. Yeah, so get your guns, get your ammunition, and get your laundry detergent out at Downey's Pawn Shop. Well, Clay, that's all I've got for tonight. And we always want to hear from you, the listener. We've been getting a little bit more interaction from everybody so if you like the show have suggestions or just want to give us a shout out we're on twitter at tribe 44 podcast instagram under the same handle and facebook and we also have the mark fudge text machine that is 302-924-2244 and we love receiving those messages and we like to hit you back uh, on that text machine when we get those well clay if you've not got anything else this has been the tribe 44 podcast and don't forget to hit subscribe on your preferred listening method of podcasting just to make sure you don't miss any content and we will talk to you all later Let's go. Despite what you do, who you are, just stay true when you grind and go hard. I'm a real go-getter, put Columbia on the map. If you think I'm playing, yeah, you think I'm playing. Cause I'ma go hard and I'ma do it for my street.